Good evening from Plugkid Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 502 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for July 22nd, 2018. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Google is paying their dues, Facebook is suspending kids, and everyone is looking for $8 per month. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Google+, on any of our live stream platforms like Livestream, Periscope, Mixer, Twitch, Facebook Live, or YouTube Live, uh, on any of the podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, um, or the myriad of other podcatchers, or of course, on our apps, uh, plugkidslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. This here is F5 Live, refreshing technology, the flagship show on the Plugkids Live family of content. We are live Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. I know we're running a little late tonight. We apologize for that. Um, you can join us uh, two different ways. The first is live on Sundays at plugkidslive.com slash join us. There you will see um, uh, the live stream and a chat room and you can actually chat with us the three best ways to chat with us this evening are on mixer twitch and uh, youtube live i can see all those here in the studio that's the best way and uh, we love to get input live that's the best part about watching live especially during the pilch point where we love to get input on uh on the topic that abram will talk about which tonight is a little robot which i cannot wait to see uh I've been I've known about it on on Amazon for a little while. I can't wait to hear Abram's take on it. Uh, if you can't join us live, that is okay. Uh, you can subscribe by going to plugkitslive.com/slash-subscribe. There you will see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, our special events, uh, our first look series, and more. And uh, with that, Avram, how have hey. you been this week? Oh, it's been a it's been an uh... It's been a busy week, <laughs> a, dist- a distracting, uh, distractingly busy week. So we won't get into this in my segment tonight. But la- if you, those who were listening to last week's segment, know I had some, a lot to say about the keyboards on, on uh, the ThinkPad X1 Carbon, and that I had bought three different models that did not have the same keyboard as the original one I tested, uh, and. I was going to publish my story about that, but I was hoping to get a comment from Lenovo and I was hoping to see what the end of the story was for me. Um, but I don't know how much longer I'm going to wait because I sent it back back to them and asked them to send me a new one with the correct keyboard and with the the right keyboard. And uh, so far, it's not looking good. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, so I, I hope to be publishing something about that this week because it's, it's very much been on my mind, particularly when I had when one of the days of the week I worked from home and I used my my home computer, which is four years old and has gotten increasingly slower over the last few months since the Spectre meltdown mitigations. And it was painfully slow. And I was like, oh, man, I really wish I had a new laptop. Oh, yeah, I ordered one. I first ordered one two months ago and I still don't have one that I that I've not returned, that I didn't return. So like there's, you know, it's, it's a very 
frustrating situation. Yeah. Um, in interesting news, and uh, you know, we don't obviously don't know yet exactly um, how will be how this will how if at all this will change our our, our work life. But uh, our my uh, our parent company of Tom's Hardware Perch uh, was purchased this week. Um, the company Future PLC uh, announced their intention to purchase us, although the deals uh, won't close for you know for a few weeks. But um, you know we will now be part. Uh, then we will be part of the same company as a few other uh, websites and publications that that folks may have heard of, such as Tech Radar uh, and PC Gamer. Wow. Uh, and uh, also, although it's no longer a website, Maximum PC, which they still uh, run in print. So, um, so you know, haven't really got to meet any of those folks yet. Just got it announced to us by our own um, CEO. Uh, but uh, it will be, um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that it's going to open up some really uh, great new opportunities for for us and for and for me personally to 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 collaborate with some of the the cool people who who work for those other tech publications that 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 will be joining us now so um i personally have i mean it's a shame that they no longer have the website but i personally have been a huge huge fan of maximum pc since for many many years uh so you know if i get to to work with some of those folks or who knows? Maybe they'll let me write a guest article or something and get a byline, which is on my bucket list. Um, you know, that would be that would be really cool, also. So, um, you know, excited excited about it, uh, and we'll see um, you know, we'll see where it goes. And you know, once we once we're legally part of their company, their portfolio is unbelievable. I had no idea that some of these things were related to one another. Yeah, they own a lot of publications, although most of them are, are in the UK. Yeah. Uh, they, interestingly, they have, they own the UK versions of US brands that are owned by somebody else. Really? Yeah, um, which is fascinating. Huh, all right, well, I'll have to look at that offline, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> But but as far as but tech, as far as it, tech radar is something that's exciting, you know we yeah we have a mutual it, friend over there. Yeah, as far as it means for for uh, for for Tom's Hardware, you know uh, we're just part of we're part of a large publishing company that does a lot of tech publishing. Yeah, uh, and gives us a chance to to work with uh, you know to collaborate with some other some other really famous brands. So it's uh, you know it it I. It's, I'm excited to get to meet those people, and uh, and and see see how we can help each other. So uh, that's you yeah, know that's but pretty I just cool. Thought I mentioned that that was in the news this week. I'm not telling anybody a secret, <laughs> um, but um, you know it's uh, anyway. That was uh, that was another thing that happened this week. In addition to frustrations about my computer. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and then, and then we can and then later in my segment we'll get into something cool I did this weekend. Very cool. Well, I, we all look forward to seeing that. I just happen to be wearing a robot T-shirt tonight. Uh, not, I promise to our viewers, not planned. Just uh, a wonderful coincidence. Uh, but with that, let's get into some news. 
week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new Surface Book, um, an Xbox, games, apps, Microsoft has it all. And it doesn't just have to be uh, Microsoft hardware and software. Uh, there's You can get the Samsung Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. You can get uh, some headphones and mouse and keyboard and all kinds of uh, accessories for your digital life all by going to f5live.tv slash microsoft so i feel like there's no chance i'm about to reveal any information to anybody who watches this show but uh this week a very long-running story uh started back in uh 2014 seems to have come to a legal head in the U in the European Union. And 2014, uh, Google changed their policies on how Android licensing works, basically saying that if you wanted to incorporate the Google, Google Play Store on an Android device, you also had to uh, bundle a number of Google products. Now, if you remember, <laughs> In the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, uh, Microsoft got in trouble kind of all over the world for doing something similar, but not necessarily requiring it, uh, though that never really quite went where this one did. Uh, the EU in 2016 opened an investigation into Google's policies for antitrust violations, and this week the European Commission uh, issued a $5 billion fine for uh, antitrust violations in regards to, in addition to, but mostly, this policy. Now, there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. This policy is kind of responsible for the anti fragmentation of Android over the last couple of years. Uh, before 2014, anybody who used Android knew that if you you could have two devices and they would be very different from one another, you couldn't even guarantee that an app would work. They could both be Android 3 and you couldn't guarantee that an app would work on both. Today, that's mostly a thing of the past, not entirely. But mostly, you know, there are some exceptions. There are some apps that just go sideways on a particular handset for a variety of reasons. But in general, that seems to be a thing of the past. And Google Play, the consolidation of Google Play, especially the Google Play services, I think is a big part of that. So I don't know what might come out of this, Avram. Mm, okay, so here's what I don't really know about you know, you. Um, when I was a Tons guide and and bef and long, long back uh, when laptop used to cover phones, I mm -hmm. I reviewed a fair number of phone of yeah. Android phones, uh, and you're right that it used to be the case that you had much more aggressive skinning uh, of and and aggressive sort of uh, first party apps mm -hmm. being put on the being put on the phones by manufacturers like HTC and LG and Samsung. 
Uh, however, sure. these companies still put first-party apps on there. Uh huh. And and back in the day, uh, back in the day that you know, like four or five years ago, when they the skins were a little bit more uh, unique, the um, they they all had the Google Play stuff on it. So mm-hmm. it's not like any of these companies did not have Google Play on there. Right now. So I'm not really sure that it's gotten that much different in the last few years. I mean, Samsung, like, you know, I have a Samsung phone that I bought last year. Mm -hmm. It has a Samsung app store on there. Mm -hmm. It has Samsung, it has a Samsung browser that competes with Chrome. You know, it's got Samsung versions of all kinds of software alongside the Google ones. Yes. And they're not necessarily any advantage to having the Samsung one. Like the Samsung browser really does not have a good reason for existing. Um, Especially since to, uh, to exist in the Android world, it has to use Google's rendering engine anyway. Ah, I didn't realize that they absolutely had to do that. Um, But anyway, yeah, it, so now, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they didn't always have to do the rendering. Well, the that rendering engine or whatever. But, um, you know, yes, I mean, the skins themselves have gotten less less aggressive. Like, I remember, uh, what was it, HTC's, was it Sense? Uh, touch Sense, yeah. Touch Sense? They got, like, st- touch- they got started in uh, Windows Mobile years ago and came over to like, Android. Yeah. Touch Sense used to be, like... I actually am sad about what happened because touch sense used to actually be this like artistically different, beautiful looking, uh, you know, interface on top of Android. And then there was just a lot of negative feedback. Well, people don't like Android skins. Um, so now uh, everything sort of has an Android skin, but it's not as, it's not as nice as involved. Right. Uh, and, you know, frankly, there are people downloading their own skins. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, that's what Microsoft wants you to do. They want to, you to install the Microsoft Launcher, which I did. Me too. Uh, so I'm not really sure whether I like it or not. I just installed it so I could try the, the features that you need it for. So, mm-hmm. like, um, anyway, but so I don't, I don't know if things have really changed much now. I assume what this lawsuit is about is really means is that they don't want Google bundling or like sort of cajoling manufacturers to bundle Chrome and play and other and Gmail Mm -hmm. and and uh, and Google Maps and all that stuff onto their Android phones. They particularly don't want Google to require that the Google search app be included just to be able to include Google Play. Oh, so in other words, but, you know, here's the thing. Nobody's required to have you could make an Android phone without Google Play. That's true. You know, you absolutely you absolutely could. Um, And I think there are companies that do uh, just not in the United States. Yeah, it's really it's uh, it's the norm in in China, for example. Oh, and Amazon. Uh huh. Right. Like Amazon Fire OS. Is exactly that. Yes, it is. And, and in reality, in the West, has been the only kind of successful implementation of that. But, you know, Amazon has its own 
version of a of a monopoly ecosystem around it. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I, I you know listen. I I don't like you know monopolistic behavior. But I don't know if what Google is doing here is that is that is that crazy because I mean is that is because you're not to use Android you're not required to use Google services right Android is an open source operating system but if you want Some of it to have right but if you want to have um, you know if you want to use one Google uh, thing, then I guess you have to use another. I mean, but you're certainly not required. I mean, is this sort of, they feel like it's not fair to Microsoft or something? Or, or are they or are they worried about, you know, competition? For, are they worried that it's unfair to Lycos or something? Like, <laughs> I, I would have to assume that uh, they are ironically specifically concerned about Microsoft. Which is funny because we were playing this exact same game twenty years ago, and Microsoft was the bad guy. But whatever. right, right, with with uh, with Internet, Internet Explorer, Explorer in Windows ninety eight. Yeah. By the way, just I just checked. Lycos still exists. Uh -huh. I have no idea who who uses it. I think at one time it was based out of Spain. I don't know. Uh, but but anyway, uh, so. So the thing is, one of the things that's interesting to me is that back in 2000, 99, 2000, when Microsoft was bundling Internet Explorer uh, with, well, they still are, but right. when that was an issue, when that was a, a big issue, yes, I, I honestly, I honestly thought that it was a bad thing. You know, a lot of people, I, I thought, per now, I think I can say mistakenly that like people don't change defaults very often. So if the default browser is is Internet Explorer and it comes on your comes on your operating system preloaded, that's what people are going to most people are going to use. However, However, device manufacturers were allowed to install another browser and set it as the default. Uh, but you know, what what was their incentive, right? Like unless somebody paid them, uh -huh. right? It, it, it's, you know, so somebody like a Firefox, it doesn't, you know, Mozilla that is an, op uh, well, back then we were worried about Net Netscape, but like places that were, you know, basically a nonprofit, like how much are they going to pay people to put their browser, to preload their browser on the PCs? And, you know, why, you know when, you know, for most people, they're not going to be that discerning and they'll just use whatever is on there. Yeah. Most, However, Mozilla used to used to pay HP a lot to do it anyway. Yes. Right. Yes. But, you know, if I wanted to invent my own browser, you weren't going to uh, get anywhere with it. Exactly. You know, rock melt browser, whatever other <laughs> weird browsers are out there. Poor opera. Anyway. So the. But you know what? Here's an, a little interesting thing happened in the last, I don't know, eight to ten years. Google Chrome browser was not preloaded on Windows, and yet it is by far and away the most popular browser. Yep. So what does that say about consumer beha user behavior? Right. Like, I guess people are willing to 
if so, if you make a better mousetrap, then people actually will go out of their way to get I mean, stuck in really it. to to install it. Like you will, you will, you know, succeed. I was, I was honestly, I mean, granted, it's it's tied into the Google ecosystem, it's, right? You know, so it's not exactly <clears throat> like some little, you know little rinky dink operation that but, all they have is the browser but fire but browser but firefox yeah. isn't too terribly far behind uh the microsoft browsers at this point yeah i think it uh, i don't know and uh depending on what website you look at like on uh i don't want to give away all the secrets but uh, i look at the the traffic reports for you know some of our websites mm-hmm. and i believe I mean, Chrome by far and away is the number one desktop browser that mm-hmm. people visit with. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Firefox is ahead of of IE and Edge. Um, indivi- from from what I usually see individually, yes. Together, no. That I don't know about. By I don't IE know about. I don't know about Tom's hardware or Tom's guide or any of that in particular. But I know in general, if you look at it against IE or Edge, it beats it. If you look at it against Microsoft, it's like a percent behind, which ah. which is impressive. Yeah, so so how this relates to this Google uh, lawsuit is, clearly if Bing was a superior search engine and people thought so, they would find a way to use it on their Android phones. Which they actually do, not so much in Europe, but uh, it's actually incredibly popular on Android in the U.S. All of a sudden. So you know, if if people, you know, if you make a better service, people people will use it. Yes, it it may take a little longer to get to get a foothold, but it you know it can. And I, I I'm totally with you. I I thought that. The Microsoft case was was silly in the '90s, um, although it was a little different in that it was all about the fact that IE was part of the operating system. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, I thought I thought that was silly then. I think this is silly now, um, and I think our regular viewers know my general feelings on Google and I'm going to defend Google in this case. I, I don't think there's a problem here. They own, they own some things and they want a consistent experience. Okay. It doesn't mean that in, in Android's case. Okay. So the Google search app has to be included. Samsung also includes Bing. Okay, great. And, and, pins it to the start screen instead of the Google. Okay. Whatevs. Now, you know, you you do you. Uh, And if you want to change it, if you want to use Google and not Bing, widgets are real easy to change on Android. Now, I know this isn't exactly the same thing, but frankly, it seems to me like Google has a better case against Microsoft right now with Cortana, right? Because, Cortana is built into Windows 10. It is mm-hmm. part of the operating system. You can't get rid of it. And it has access to things that no third-party software could have, like the ability to wake the computer. Right. Right. So, like, even with, even those that have, even with, when you have Alexa integrated with Cortana, 
you have to have Cortana, use Cortana to wake the computer and then get Alexa, right? So interesting. So Google, Google for their Google Voice Assistant. Maybe they've maybe they've you know got a better you know anti-competitive case right. antitrust case whatever against Microsoft. I've not heard of them expressing any you know well Microsoft anything about it. Microsoft wasn't involved in this this one against Google. That's just the EU doing what the EU does. Yes, I'm just saying though that Google you know Google if you're listening maybe you have a case. Uh, you know, may, mayhaps though they don't they don't tend to stir the pot the way yeah. say Apple or Samsung does, and maybe because Cortana <laughs> has not proven to be a gangbuster success, nobody is really concerned about it. But, could be, yeah. But I'm just saying what you just said about IE being built into the operating system could be said very firmly today about Cortana. Yes, absolutely. It's it's the new IE, I guess. Yeah. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Newegg.com. Um, whether you're looking for um, a screen or computer parts or you're building your new machine, you've killed your monitor, <laughs> or you're building your studio, um, Newegg is a great place to find uh, the top parts for really inexpensive, and they run uh, deals all the time. Uh, I know probably about half of the studio in here is built with parts that came from Newegg. So um, absolutely check out all of the deals that are available by going to pilchpoint.live slash Newegg. Now, we're going to talk about some robot stuff. Yes. So I have something actually cool to, to show everyone a good show and tell here. Uh, my son and I built this on... Uh, it's a, it came from a kit, though, so I can't say we built it from scratch or anything. This is the Elegoo. Yes, that's the name of the company. E-L-E-G-O-O. Elegoo Smart Smart Robot Car version 3. Uh, y version 3. I guess they had a 2 that had slightly different parts and a 1 that had slightly different parts and instructions. So uh, what's cool about this, this car... Uh, which I got on Prime Day for for fifty five dollars, but it's usually about seventy dollars. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on you can get it on Newegg. Um, uh, the uh, you see uh, what's cool about it is this is an Arduino based car. So if you like like Arduino and like learning about Arduino, here's like the Arduino board. Actually, it's a shield on top of it, and the board is below. Okay. Uh, if you if you like uh, or if you're like me and you you want to learn about Arduino, uh, you want to. Uh, I had talked with my son who's six, so you know, building something like this is a little beyond his ability by himself. But um, you know, about building our own sort of Arduino car for a while, and then I decided, you know what, we're probably not savvy enough yet. I'm not savvy enough yet to just buy all the parts and figure figure it out, figure out exactly how to like get it physically to work by myself. Uh, so I got this kit uh, and the kit uh, has instructions that walk you through it. Um, the 
there there's a series of YouTube videos that also walk you through it. The YouTube videos are better than the instructions are all PDF files. And one thing that's a little bit weird about about it is it, they give it to you on a on a DVD. Uh, so fortunately, you can go to the website and download it. But if you don't have, you know, so, but I guess they think people still have DVD drives. Interesting. Um, anyway, so uh, what you get for this in this kit is uh, you get a series of four four DC motors to control these four wheels, which obviously comes with the wheels and and all that. There's a motor driver module in here in the bottom, um, and then so it has like two layers of chassis, like. One on the bottom, one on the top. On the top here is that's where the Arduino and Arduino Shield go. This is the battery case, and it comes with two rechargeable batteries that are weird, a weird size. They're not double A or or they're not double A's or triple A's, but they're shaped like extra large double A's. Like if a double A was like twice the size, um, and then. Um, and then the other components it has here is this is a uh, infrared detector, uh, distance detector that that you can use to avoid uh, to make the car drive itself and avoid colliding with objects. Uh, it, there's an interesting name for this sensor too. I hadn't heard it before, but apparently it's the standard name for these. It's called an ultrasonic ranger. I was gonna say it looks more like ultrasonic than it does infrared. Okay, yes. So I guess it's ultrasonic. Yeah. Um, it is a, I, I guess I'm confused about how it works. It is a distance sensor okay. uh, that it uses to, to avoid collision. So you can use, you can program it to go, you know, oh, if it gets too close to something, it'll back up or it'll try to turn or something like that. Um, the, uh, on the bottom here, there is a line sensor that you can, there's a, they have a program you can use that will make it just follow a line that you draw on a piece of paper. Okay. Um, so there are many things, cars, that can do those sorts of tricks. Uh, but what's neat about this is besides the fact that you build it yourself in real parts is you also got to program it yourself. So if you're looking for like a lot of car, a lot of robot kits I see, you, you know, you have an app and then after you put it together, it's like, great, I can use this as a remote control car now. And maybe I can program it using some special kid-friendly block-based coding language. This is a real Arduino thing that requires you to use the Arduino IDE to program it. It comes with a bunch of scripts to do the most important things. Oh, I also forgot. It comes with two other things it comes with besides the motors, the wheels, the ultrasonic ranger, the line sensor, the ultrasonic ranger, which actually turns on a servo motor here. Um, it also comes with a infrared module here um, and it comes with a little remote control so you can use the remote control to control it provided you install the right Arduino program for that and it also comes with and I have it disconnected right now a Bluetooth module uh, that you can use because you can't you have to take the Bluetooth module out when you connect it to your computer to upload Arduino programs so I haven't quite figured out what the apps are that what things you use with the Arduino I mean, with the Bluetooth uh, module. Sure. But, uh, but what's really cool from my perspective is I'm really wanting to learn more about how to program Arduino, and they give you this, the Arduino uh, programs to do all these different things. So 
but they also give you some explanation of how they work. Um, although I have to say that part could be better. They, they don't, they definitely are very, the technical documents are a little advanced. Uh, assume that, you know, a lot like particularly the one about using the, uh, the remote control, um, which is infrared. Um, so, uh, is, you know, all about the different frequencies and a little confusing to me, but, um, you know, and obviously my son, it was most excited when I just fixed it so he could drive it with a remote control, uh, than watching me like type code in, uh, into the screen, but on my computer, but, uh, I'm, I'm really psyched because like it's using a standard, it's using Arduino as if people don't know, Arduino is what, what a lot of makers use to make robots, to make projects. And so what that means is, uh, a, I can program things into this, that, that, the makers of it that Elagu never dreamed of. And I could also easily, although a lot of the pins on this have been used up by the motors that it's using, mm-hmm. easily add add things to it. You know, so because it uses, you know, Arduino, I could take, I could easily take uh, this board and I could attach, like I would like to attach a video camera to this. So it could actually watch video of what it's seeing, um, provided I could figure out how to like stick it up here and mount it. Uh, it's easy enough to attach it to the board and, and have it go. Um, I would like to maybe I'd like to take some colorful LED lights and string them, you know, and 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 use them to light up the car. Uh, you know, easy enough to do that also. So, um, so it's kind of you know maybe I want to put a touch screen up here. I don't know. That that'd be a little weird, but you know, uh, easy enough to do because this is a, uses Arduino, a very the most pop one of the, arguably the most popular board for makers. Although Raspberry Pi is up there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for me, this is really cool and highly recommended. It is not, you know, uh, even though I bought it so my son and I could do it together. I did the like ninety nine percent of the work. He was helping me screw it together. Um, he, he did learn something, uh, but you certainly, if you were handing this to, to a kid, you maybe you'd hand to do by themselves, unless they're a kid that has experience with Arduino and is, you know, pretty good reader, uh, pretty technical, like, you know, I'm talking like maybe 12 or 13 or older. Um, I, uh, you know, you're going to have to help them. Uh, but this is, you know, this wasn't necessarily made to be a kid's thing. It's really, you know, made to be a hobbyist project. So, uh, highly recommended the Elegoo smart car. Uh, can get it on uh, Newegg or Amazon, uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun and a good learning learning experience uh, putting together. And I should say, it took me about three hours to put to, to do the physical part of putting it together. Okay. Uh, we actually here in the Tampa area we have a group called the Tampa Internet of Things Society, and uh, one of the things we did, I think in 2017, was we built a uh, small fleet of fighting robots, um, and we used a kit very similar to that um, as our base for for the for the machine. So it. I can tell you from personal experience that a kit like that is perfect for adults and <laughs> there's all because it's it's based on 
on a standard, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. Yeah, that that was my feeling. I mean, I really I had some ambitions about just buying wheels and buying like trying to figure out what parts I needed rather than, you know, getting a kit that makes it, quote unquote, you know, easier for you because you have everything you need and instructions on how to do it. Uh, But in the end, I was like, oh, man, I just I'm never going to do it if I just try to buy parts. Uh, So uh, because I think one of the more common things is you real what you really need the most is you could buy. It's easy enough to buy an Arduino board and buy an IR sensor and things like that if you want. But, man, you know, try to get a chassis that you can easily screw everything into Mm -hmm. uh, that has all the holes in the right places. That's a little bit more of a challenge. So uh, although there are places that will sell you just the chassis. But uh, anyway, so. Uh, really cool. I really enjoy. have enjoyed playing with it so far. Uh, you know, I recommend it to anybody who wants a cool project, especially to learn about Arduino. For sure. So was this just a, uh, a hobby project for you, or is this uh, going to make an appearance on the site? I may post a review of it. Um, it's not a brand new product that's been out for a lot since for like, I mean, the version three has been out for like a year and other versions have been out for several years. So I don't know if we'll get a ton of traffic for, for posting if I posted a whole article about it, but, um, but, uh, it is recommended. So, uh, I may, I may do a, a quick review of it, uh, because, uh, I do want our readers of Tom's hardware and others to know about it and that it's, uh, a really cool cool thing that they should they should definitely get and just because it's a name that not only you may not know sounds a little silly doesn't mean that it should be skipped no uh you know listen uh Ele- elegu by the way my son thought thought the name is hilarious every time i say elegu he makes the he's like ah elegu um uh the uh they also make uh if you you know look them up, they also make a number of other Arduino projects mm-hmm. that you can do. They have starter kits and sensor kits and all kinds of stuff. So uh, they actually have a pretty good reputation amongst those who buy these kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, on Prime Day, including the kit that you have there, I think we tweeted out six or seven <laughs> links from Plugkits Live on deals on their stuff. So they're definitely a company I'm familiar with. I just, and I'm with your son. It's a funny name. Yeah, but it's not the worst. I, I encourage people to go through Amazon. If you want to laugh sometime, go through Amazon, look at like the Bluetooth speakers section and the USB cables and hubs and whatever. There's just a lot of small companies that I think they're just making up. Just, they don't know. They're just making up some really odd names I mean, there's I forget what they make, but there's a company on there called I do do. Uh huh. I remember that. So, you know, <laughs> Elegoo sounds tame in comparison. Absolutely. Well, as always, Avram, thank you for uh, for showing off. I love I love that kit. I've not gotten to use it in, it in particular, but it's obviously a pretty cool kit.
This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. You get all the accessories you need to up your game, whether it be on PC or console, uh, from Razer. Whether you're looking for a great gaming mouse, like I use here in the studio, or you need a new keyboard, you need a whole computer, uh, the Razer Blade Stealth uh, is a great deal and uh, comes with a headset uh, right now. Uh, or you need a great webcam with uh, chroma key, green screening built in. All of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash razor. You know, I haven't personally tried that built in chroma key stuff, but I kind of want to. Anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about trends and in particular the uh trend of battle royale obviously if you follow anything gaming you know about uh the battle royale craze um pretty much made popular by not created by but made popular by uh uh player under a player unknown's battleground and um captured i would say by uh fortnite uh PUBG may have may have made it popular, but I think Fortnite is uh, is winning the industry right now. Uh, so they're making so much money with it that even the big guys have gotten uh, scared and involved. Um, for example, at E3, we discovered that uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was going to be adding a, uh, a battle royale mode to the game. Uh called blackout i couldn't remember what it was called um and so one game that we weren't quite sure what was going to happen uh is uh, halo infinite it is a game that we know almost nothing about short of a very short video uh from e3 that had no gameplay in it uh that was about all we knew and during a uh Social stream on Mixer this week. Um, <laughs> the question was asked outright. Will there be Battle Royale in Halo Infinite? And um, one of the writers on the series uh, answered just as directly <laughs> as the question was asked. I'll tell you right now, the only BR we're interested in is the Battle Rifle. The original BR. So calm yourself. Which... <laughs> Seems like a pretty uh, firm denial of Battle Royale in the new Halo game, which I think is a good thing. Um, when the whole zombie craze came about, it started showing up everywhere, even places that it was inappropriate, like Call of Duty. Um, and it's it's always nice to see a franchise say, you know what, we know who we are, We we don't have interest in participating in that particular trend. The thing that I think the thing that Halo is good at is that that kind of small team on team uh, multiplayer. It's I mean, it's the reason why Microsoft couldn't shut down the old Xbox Live for way too long because people were still playing uh, on the uh, original Xbox. Uh, Halo 2. So, you know, it's uh, 
it's the thing that the franchise is known for, and I'm glad to see that they're not, I don't know, falling victim to a trend. What do you think, Abram? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's this could obviously success. You know, when companies see a success, another company being successful, they're gonna try the same thing. So, I guess it's no surprise that um, that you know other companies are trying to take. Um, you know, are trying to, to claim that mantle also. I mean, yeah. and if you need any example of how popular it is to be trying to claim that mantle, go to your mobile phone, don't care what platform it is, and search for Battle Royale and just scroll through the results. It's yeah, unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's become a thing. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I'm wondering why it never happened before. Uh, why nobody thought of this before? I mean, we've I mean, seen we've seen this kind of this kind of game before. I mean, H one Z one was out well before PUBG was, um, and there was a game. God, when was the last time I was at E three with Cherie twenty eleven? Um, there was a game that was shown off there. There was thirty two on thirty two, which is, you know. 64 players, you know, the, the battle Royale is an average of a hundred. So, I mean, we were pretty close in 2011 to a very similar concept. I don't know why it took until PUBG for it to become popular, but that popularity certainly, uh, put cartoon style dollar signs in some companies' eyes. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest when we write stories about, I mean, about Fortnite, they get, you know, I mean, I think it's gotten a little bit lower over the last month or two. Sure. But, but when we write any at Tom's Hardware, Tom's Guide, laptop, anytime we'd write a story that was sort of related to Fortnite, like here's the best computers you could play Fortnite on, or here's that. some Fortnite tips, or here's some Fortnite tips, like they would get really good traffic because Fortnite. There's so much buzz, or there's so much buzz around Fortnite. Absolutely. Uh, I so, I know just in the in the chat on Facebook right now we have at least one Fortnite player. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people playing Fortnite. I I do think, like all like all trends, it will it will die it will die down. Um, although you know, look, I mean it it has something that fundamentally that's fundamentally entertaining in a game. Like I'll never forget uh, when I was in college and I won't even tell the folks here how long ago that was, but let me put it this way. We didn't have high speed internet. We didn't even in my college, we didn't even have real internet. We had like, you know, I think bitnet or something like you could send email to people through a terminal. Anyway, so one day we went to visit my, my friend who who uh, lit, who went to Syracuse University and they had really relatively good computers in their lab. And we went into, all went to their computer lab, like five of us, and we all took floppy disks and we loaded Doom onto five computers next to each other. And we play, you know, and we had like a LAN party. And I was so excited, like, wow, you like you can play with other people and you can like totally see who wins and have this battle and shoot each other up. Like, so we, that was a cool, that we did was a the cool same idea. thing with Warcraft two. That was the, 
that was a cool idea a long, long, long time ago. So, you know, why not take that? Why wouldn't that be popular? Absolutely. It totally makes sense. But it's nice to... It's nice that not everybody is trying to do the the king of the hill <laughs> you versus everybody kind of thing cuz I think I think team play is still popular. You know, I think it's it's kind of one of the the earliest console style uh multiplayers was was team versus team versus team. And it's mostly what uh, professional gaming is about. So it's nice to see that not everybody is rushing to try and get on the every man for himself <laughs> gameplay. Yeah. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you, because that's what they do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. Uh, from blockbusters to... She. Uh, no idea. Uh, they've obviously got a little bit of everything. The way it works is for a couple of bucks... You download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, wherever the movie happens to uh, to exist, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do mix it up and they do some uh, live events. The next one is August 23rd. It is Crawl, one of the silliest uh, popular kind of sci-fi movies. Uh, it'll be a blast. Uh, they also offer short films, those kind of weird industry films or long commercials kind of for a particular product or industry uh, and those can always be uh, entertaining I think longtime fans of the show know that the Springs is my favorite because um, it's so horrifying anyway um, to find out what's available and um, get a a birthday present uh, from Rift Tracks to you uh, it's Rift Tracks 12 12th birthday 12 years they've been doing this you can get 20% off riffs and a $12 gift card uh, obviously conditions uh, you can find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash riff tracks with an x I can't wait for crawl I know I say it every week and it's still true anyway uh, so inter the internet has been an interesting place lately we talked about it last week and uh this week um a documentary ish uh special came out on channel four in uh in the uk i believe the uk or australia uk right yeah uh where they went undercover kind of inside of facebook and uh, discovered some interesting things about the way they um maintain the site and one of the things that they discovered was that while the company's policy is that if you are under 13 years old you may not have a profile um they were not quite enforcing that and that uh the internal policy not the official policy but the internal policy was unless somebody was specifically reported for being underage they didn't care they wouldn't even look into well, it. Well, how would they know? Right? Well, how would they know? Right? There's definitely that. So 
Um, with that, um, were these people actually answering on the form when they fill in that they're under 13? Because I think it doesn't let you sign up if you do that. That's correct. Or it asks for, or does it ask for your parent or something? So I, I mean, obviously kids lie. They obviously sure. put in that they're older. Absolutely. And so who's going to verify that? And so the answer to that question is that now, if uh, be, because of this this report on Channel Four, um, now if you are reported for anything, um, the reviewers will now look through uh, content and make an educated guess on whether they believe you to be under thirteen, and if they believe that you are under thirteen. They will suspend your account until you can prove your age with a government-issued ID. Now, it's important to note that most places, if, you're, if you don't have a driver's license, you probably don't have a government-issued ID other than your birth certificate. So, this is going to... So, even if you are 13, 14, this could get... <laughs> interesting real quick well don't do anything to get yourself suspended uh or reported um but so just in the time we've been on the air um a friend of mine on facebook got reported for sharing something on facebook that was a video on facebook by a page on watch he got reported uh and the post was deleted the, not the video, just the post um, for uh, essentially for hate speech. So I'm confused. Uh huh. Yeah. So a you video could, about Facebook? No, it wasn't about Facebook. It was about um, some school in England. And uh, but somebody reported him and a reviewer looked at it and deleted the post, despite the fact that the post didn't have any controversial content in it because I saw the post earlier. Anyway, he was reported literally for nothing. So you you might just post normal stuff and get reported because that's the way people on Facebook have been lately. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you know what? I kind of look at this as a parent and I'm like, if I could keep my child off of Facebook longer... That might be a good thing. Uh huh. Granted, there's other, you know, Facebook now is for is they probably a lot of the, the kids think it's an old people platform anyway. Well, right? this also applies to Instagram, uh, which I know, you know, I'm th- there will, you know, everybody is worried about what you know, what Facebook, what's gonna, you know, is Facebook doing enough to enforce, you know whatever you know things about news and fake news and whatever but you know what there's a good chance that in a few years facebook i'm just i'm telling you this right now i think there's a good chance in a few years facebook will you know i don't know if facebook is going to maintain its dominant position because you know these social networks are basically you know in a way they're hangouts you go there mm-hmm. because other people are there yeah and and uh, generations of, of kids are very kind of fickle yep. about their hangouts. Absolutely. I mean, look just, where look where MySpace is today. Right. Exactly. Very. I mean, like MySpace could have con- continued. Uh, 
you know, why, why is, um, you know, why isn't everybody still using uh, ICQ or AOL Instant Messenger? Right. Or, you know, are, are the today's chat things fundamentally different? No, most of them you run know, on the on the same backend technology. <laughs> you know, so so really, it's all it's it's just all about like, you know, where where what are the kids using these days? What are the, you know, what are the influencers using? And so you know, Twitter and Facebook, they did a good job of getting the influencer influencers on early. Obviously, Google has done a very poor job of trying to convert people to its platform, but to its platforms, <laughs> uh, you know, like Timely. Google Plus and Hangouts and I mean, what's the one they killed the other day? Uh, I mean, it's, oh, did they kill another one? Didn't they? Because there right, was you know, maybe I'm confused. There was Wave before that. Yeah, I mean, they can't like I don't know. They just can't stick with it or something. But uh, anyway. You know, I'm telling you, Facebook may not, uh, you know, it may not always be as popular as it is today. Oh, absolutely. It'll it'll get usurped. They all do. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if the new thing is better or worse. Something something will usurp it. I think yeah. I think Facebook's goal is to purchase the thing that will usurp it so, so uh, that it yeah. won't be a problem. But I mean, that's why they bought Instagram. They were afraid that Instagram was going to come up and replace them with younger people, which it did. And so they bought it. Right. That's true. So maybe they'll keep buying things. But, you know, <laughs> for now, basically, if they're driving these younger people off of the platform, they're accelerating their movement onto whatever the next platform is. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Now, it is important to remember that um, that what is it? Copa? Was that the name of the, the law? Yes. Copa uh, yeah. is at least partially responsible for the policy of uh, 13 years old. Because, yes, it's definitely responsible for that. Yeah, because the weirdness of having another sign-up process where you've got to get somebody else involved, all of that just makes it way too complicated <laughs> for most services to care. Um, and then all the rules that we talked about, you know, with YouTube and, and Google play and all that a couple of weeks ago where you can't, uh, you can't track or store any information, a social media, social network that can't track information, uh, means that you can't save any of the posts. So <laughs> it really makes, you know, somebody under 13 kind of impossible on a, on a service like this, which is fine, but they're going to go somewhere because they're not going to not as I think we all know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, but I understand Facebook's position here too, because I mean, when I worked at about.com, uh, while I was there, Copa was implemented and, uh -huh. you know, we had some, definitely had some changes to make and some concerns because, because of Copa, like you, you know, mm -hmm. didn't want to have, uh, kids on the, on the site. Yep, absolutely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes. If it will, uh, it will if it will affect them in any kind of negative way. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of government scrutiny on them right now. So this was kind of inevitable. Uh, I think it was just accelerated by this this uh, Channel Four thing. 
week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Now, we know at this point, after Prime Day last week, everybody knows they get free shipping on uh, Amazon Prime. But the benefits you may not know, if, especially if you're new, uh, are things like Amazon Prime Music, where you get millions of tracks that you can uh, stream for free uh, on your phone, tablet, computer. You get Prime Video. There's movies and TV shows and HBO Back Catalog and all kinds. Oh, excuse me. All kinds of video content that's available already as part of your subscription. You also get Twitch Prime, which, if you're a, uh, a fan of Twitch, is wonderful for a couple of reasons. The first is you get one free uh, Prime subscription per month, which you could use to subscribe to us if you would like at Plug Kids Live on Twitch. Um, but you also get free games. Normally you get a couple uh, of free games per month. Uh, through through uh, Prime Day, you got a new free game every day. Uh, I think tonight might be the last day of that. Um, but the free games are fantastic, and that's just part of it. There's all kinds of other features, Amazon Fresh and Prime Photos and stuff like that. And we have uh, some of our favorite uh, Prime features and a way to get a 30-day free trial if you do not already have it by going to f5live.tv slash Prime. Speaking of streaming, there are a couple of big players in the field of video streaming, right? We all know Netflix. We all know Hulu. We just talked about Prime Video. They're kind of your big guys. There are some more specialty services like CBS All Access, um, which, to the best of our knowledge, is right now just for Star Trek. Um, but everybody seems to want to be getting involved. We talked, uh, I think it was the end of last year, that Disney wanted to launch a... Um, uh, Marvel and a Lucas branded streaming service, despite the fact that after their uh, deal with Fox closes in the near future, they will be um, the majority shareholder of Hulu. They will own 60% of it, um, which is going to maybe make those decisions different. There's no telling. Um, but this week, two more players... Uh, showed up on the block in one way or another. The first is um, through a service called Voodoo, which is owned by Walmart. Uh, they purchased it back in 2014, I think. Uh, it was a while back um, when they were just getting into into the digital world. Um, that and the the purple service, whose name I can't remember now, where you could bring in a DVD and you could get the digital copy for free by trading in the DVD. I, it was a weird thing. They bought both of those as a way to get into digital, and now they want to expand, uh, turn Vudu from a place where you can buy and rent movies and TV shows on the individual to a subscription service as well. Uh, obviously, right now that would be complicated, right? Because there are so many things that are exclusive to platforms, it seems like it would be pretty difficult to get enough content that people would care. What do you think? 
What for for DC? No, for for um, um, Walmart's voodoo service to try and compete directly with the likes of Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. <sighs> nah, yes, it would. Yes, it would be difficult. It's so hard to keep track of all the companies doing because we also had DC this week, uh-huh. and, which we'll talk uh, about in a minute. Yeah, so I think. Yeah, they, they're obviously going to have to acquire some stuff. Uh-huh. Now, what does that say? It says, yet, I mean, if you spend the money, you can get, you can make good content. Uh, so, you know, if Walmart wants to hire or if they haven't already, good entertainment people like Netflix has hired and mm-hmm. Amazon has hired, uh, then they too can have at least one compelling show. That's now, that's homegrown. Yes. Yeah. Because that's that's what they will need. Absolutely. I I'm totally it, with you. I think if they don't go the homegrown route, then there's there's no way that they could license enough stuff to make it compelling on its own. I think I think in house is the only way that they could make it compelling. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you need. I mean, like. There's channels that I honestly like. I think about subscribing just because there's one show that I want to watch, mm-hmm. and it's not worth it to me. Right. And, except in the case of CBS All Access, where I did it for Discovery. And by the way, Discovery season two, the trailer is out now. But yes, anyway, uh, and there's a uh, there's an offshoot series, a mini series, six episodes, uh, also coming to the CBS All Access. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> So, so that means I have to stay subscribed even longer. Anyway, so, you know, so look, I mean, you know, if they got a show that was really compelling, they could get people to subscribe that way. If they're just doing it by licensing content and showing some movies and shows that you can get see elsewhere, I, I don't think they've got much of a case. Yeah, I, I totally am with you there. And the flip side of that... <laughs> is uh, DC Universe, which you've already alluded to, uh, which is from DC Comics, which will be a streaming service that they announced and actually showed off in kind of a somewhere between an alpha and a beta build uh, that will be more like CBS All Access than it will be Netflix in that it will basically all be homegrown content, um, including some original series that will be DC Universe exclusive uh, right from the get-go, including uh, Titans, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing. So Swamp Thing will be its own thing, and then uh, Titans and Doom Patrol will be uh, like a joint two-series living-together kind of thing in the way that the CW DC stuff all exists in the same continuum uh arrow flash legends and uh supergirl the arrowverse and black lightning oh yeah uh that that stuff all all exists together these two series uh titans and doom patrol will exist together and then everything else they actually took a bit of a swipe at at uh marvel saying we're under no obligation to make things work together so uh See, I actually have uh, stronger feelings about uh, the D- uh, 
DC streaming play because what you did mention is that you also get uh-huh. a whole library of comic books. Yes. Now it's important to note that the comic books will be rotating. So you don't uh-huh. you don't necessarily get the whole collection at a given point. The books will rotate. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be I, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see a comparison of it versus, say, Marvel Unlimited. Uh-huh. Uh, For sure. Have you used Have you used uh, Marvel Unlimited at yes, all? Yes, indeed. So I had it for a while. I actually bought it, bought an annual subscription for my wife at one point. Okay. And I read some things on it, uh, and it did have a fair amount of stuff that I was kind of interested in, mm-hmm. uh, but not enough. Uh, and it was always so many months behind that it yeah. was frustrating. Uh, but you know, you knew that if event if you waited long enough, eventually, what you want to read would come would to be it. available. Yeah. So like you know, I was real, you know, interested in reading all the new Star Wars comics, and you know, like they had the Batman comic, not the Batman. I'm really getting messed up now. <laughs> they had they had the Darth Vader comic. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it was like, you know, eight months behind, you know, what was on the newsstand or whatever. Sure, but, sure. Um, but every month it would get one month, you know, every month you'd, you'd, you'd continue, you'd just be eight months behind. So Fair uh, enough. I would I would really like I'm but I personally am more of a DC than, than Marvel fan. So like interesting, although their movies are terrible. But um, but Wonder so Woman I, was pretty great. Yes. OK. That's an exception. <laughs> uh, that's an exception that I think everyone can agree upon. We got like, to give we got to give Warner Brothers props where where it's deserved. They got one right. They got one right, but I mean, like the Justice League, the Batman versus Superman, original Superman of Steel, yeah, uh, Suicide Squad, um, not not good movies. Although, oddly enough, my parents saw rented. Justice League the other day uh-huh. and told me that they really liked it, huh. which is strange because they don't even normally like superhero movies. Like, yeah, we really like that. But we, okay. I was like, oh, have you seen, you know, have you seen the Avengers Infinity War or anything? And they're like, nah, that's boring. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, okay. listen, I got to acknowledge excellence everywhere has. I will watch any any superhero movie that is that is good. Uh, but the... Um, I'll usually you watch know. the bad ones, too, but only once. No, I watch them, but it doesn't mean that I have to like them. There you, you go. Know? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, you know, anyway, I don't know if we got this. But the point is, I think that uh, I think that the um, the comic book content might be enough for people to, depending on how copious it is, yeah. might be a selling enough. Espe- uh, especially when you look at the way they want to do it. Like, for example... Since the Titans uh, TV series is going to be uh, one of the launch series, it will launch with the Teen Titans comic books on the platform. So they definitely want to have like companion pieces to to the uh, the the live action and animated stuff on the platform. They want to try and have the companion. Uh, books available as well, which I think is a pretty clever way to pair together. You know, if you're if you're getting into the the Titans TV series, reading the Teen Titans uh, books, 
gives you kind of some backstory before you get to where you are. So I think that's a clever yeah. way of doing it. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of debate in the uh, perch office about <laughs> the new. Yes, that's what you do when you have an office full of full of geeky people. Okay, uh, there was a lot of debate oh, about know. the about the relative uh, merits of the of um, the Titans show based on the trailer. Yeah, sure. Um, the people in the I will say that I actually found I'm not knowing it's not being super familiar with Teen Titans, uh-huh. not having read the comic, uh, thought that it looked interesting and. You know, I would I would try watching it. Sure. Other people were offended by it because they said that it was the characters were acting way too grown up and fair enough, and violent and and violent in it, and there was too much blood and things like that. Well, uh, it, in the trailer, it is so, definitely is definitely uh, DC DC's attempt at capturing some of. Uh, Deadpool's glory because it is definitely uh, adult oriented. Yeah. Um, at least it's not going to be on free form. Right. So um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, if, uh, if I'm spending the money on, on the DC service, I would definitely, would definitely try watching it. Um, you know, they, you know, like I said, occasionally the, the DC TV shows on, especially on CW, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I love them. I watch them all immediately. Um, I can't wait for the new one that's coming, the Batwoman show. Uh, but, but the, uh, you know, and and you know, there's they they you know have some talented people there. So I mm-hmm. think, I think it's possible. Have you seen the new Shazam trailer? Um, I have. That I mean, that actually looks really good. It certainly could be. It's yeah. he's a little strange to me, but that's a different thing. Uh, the uh, the guy from Chuck, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah the the content looks pretty good. Uh, maybe they're getting their their act together. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's everybody's looking for that that eight dollars a month right now. It, I think. DC has a play that that might work, and I think uh, Walmart has very little chance of uh, succeeding. If the rumors on Walmart are true, then both of these services should launch uh, later in the year. But obviously, Walmart's all a rumor, and DC is totally confirmed. And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. I saw some uh, some comments in the various chat rooms. Uh, if you were watching on Facebook, I apologize for not interacting with you. I know you were over there, but uh, we can't see the chat in here because there's like a half a dozen of them. Anyway, um, yes, so there are two ways you can join us. If you joined us live, thank you. Uh, you can do that by going to pluckitslive.com slash join us. Uh, if you did not join us live, that is also okay. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows by going to pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you will see F5 Live, The Pilch Point, and more. And you can subscribe there or through your favorite podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, doesn't matter. Uh, wherever you are, we probably are as well. And if we're not, please let us know. 
contact us on uh, one of the social media channels and tell us uh, where we are not and we will work uh, hard to make sure that we are. Uh, and I think with that, uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.